is an exclusive presentation of high school sports on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. This is the High School Coaches Show. Here's your host, Justin Kenny. Welcome in, everyone, to the High School Coaches Show. Another year back in the seat. Back with D.C. Hendricks producing, at least for a first couple weeks. And uh, hopefully we're playing that long. But week one, starting tomorrow, kicking off all around the state of Indiana. While a couple dozen states have moved high school football to the spring, others have delayed it. Indiana going forward. Starting the season on time. Have some teams that are sitting out the season or have canceled games. But we're mostly intact here in Northeast Indiana. We've had a couple teams uh, have to change some things around due to uh, the scheduling circumstances. But it's a full slate of games tomorrow night throughout the area. SAC, NE8, ACAC, NECC. Plenty of football. Some places you'll be able to go watch tomorrow night. Some places you will not. Sure, there'll be plenty of people watching live streams tomorrow evening, but we're going to catch you up on everything you need to know heading into tomorrow night this evening. We'll be joined by a trio of coaches tonight over the next hour. We're here till 7 o'clock. Coach Brett Fox, Columbia City Eagles, will join us at 6.15. And it's a big night tomorrow night for Columbia City. at Their new digs at the new high school, just a couple miles away from the old field and the old school. Uh, first day of school was today at the new Columbia City High School. But uh, Brett Fox and the Eagles hosting Shara Busco, a school that's barely 20 minutes away in Whitley County, yet they have not played in the modern era. You can go back into the early 1900s where you uh, may find uh, a matchup between what became Columbia City and what became Cherubusco, but Cherubusco versus Columbia City have never played. And that's crazy considering they're only 20 minutes away. So the first time the Whitley County Schools collide tomorrow, limited fans out at Columbia City tomorrow, so there will be at least some fan presence. But we know SAC, no fans first two weeks. Limited fans weeks three and four. And uh, by now, if you're a football fan and you know uh, if you if you were trying to go out of a game on Friday nights, you know the rule in your in your uh, community because dc personally i couldn't keep track of everybody's rules and ever in, uh, in all the counties so if, if you're trying to go to a game you know if good, you can or not. i wasn't either, either. So i was hoping that you came in really no rather prepared. not at all you got a nice stack of papers over there so you look really prepared no this is all scrap paper oh, see okay. I tried if you to hold stuff it makes people <laughs> think you're intelligent kind of like if you hold like a pencil or a pen it makes people think you're intelligent. A highlighter is like the go-to. So I'm going to grab a yellow highlighter right here. That's what David Pollack does on uh, game day. It adds like 24% of credibility to you. And I'm Lord knows I need official. it. pretty official. Yeah. So, but yeah, we're going to talk to Brett Fox about that big game coming up tomorrow night. That is also where Brett Rump will be for the 1380 The Fan Game of the Week tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And then following that, ladies and gentlemen, you can hear... I was going to say D.C. Hendricks, but it's actually Caleb Hatch on the scoreboard show. That's right. Uh, at the Columbia City Pizza Hut, right? Live right. from the Columbia City Pizza Hut. So uh, a big night tomorrow night here on these very airwaves and throughout the area. Bottom of the hour, Jason Garrett, Bishop DeWanger Saints will join us. We'll talk about his team and the squad that I think most people are pointing to as the favorite in the SAC. You look on both sides of the football, a lot of production coming back. 
particularly in the trenches. Skill positions are pretty loaded. Brendan Lytle back for seemingly his seventh year of high school football at quarterback. Uh, you, you mentioned Devin Tipman and Louis Tipman and KJ Tipman. Just insert name here, Tipman, and they're lo- loaded. Uh, Vinny Fia Cable, uh, the Indiana University recruit, also anchoring that front line. So That'd be a fun game. Like yeah. a gaming show to find out which Tipman is on which, the swinger. Like, just guess a random first name. Yeah, right? Make I mean, is it, is it, well, I mean, I was going to say, is there a Joe Tipman? But there was a Joe there Tipman. Was Joe. There was. So you could absolutely play that game. And you can also play the related to Tipman game. So they may not be have the last name Tipman, but probably another half of the team is, is related. Copyright. Is they'll tell you somebody's name and then they'll say they're a Tipman. That's pretty much how it goes out of Bishop <laughs> Twanger. Such and such, he or she is a Tipman. Okay, totally understand. So we'll talk to Coach Jason Garrett bottom of the hour, and then six forty-five. Grant Mosier, South Adams Starfires. Uh, South Adams starts the season against Winchester tomorrow evening. Uh, we'll talk about. South Adams and their expectations this year. They swept through the regular season a year ago. Everybody thought they were on the fast track to the 1A state championship game. What happens in the regional round? Adams Central, the young upstart Adams Central team that everybody thought was rebuilding last year, went out and won 13 games, including beating South Adams in the regional after losing to the Starfires by 28 in the regular season. It's crazy. And uh, we're going to talk to Grant Mosier about how his team uh, really prepared for this year with the motivation from that game. And the the colossal negative that it was last fall is it now a positive heading into 2020. But so much to talk about. Week one, uh, it's it's something, D.C., where I think we're just going to have to take it a week at a time. And we hope you know, we're going to get through week one. Let's hope we get through week two and, and on and on. But you look at the SAC in particular, the schedule t- for tomorrow night, Carroll at Bishop Lures, Concordia at Southside, Northside at Snyder at Spoiler Stadium at Northrop, Northrop at Homestead, Wayne, and Bishop DeWanger. So in terms of the contenders in the SAC, I think Bishop DeWanger's at number one right now. Um, I'm throwing Homestead, the defending champions, in there. I think you have to consider Carroll as a team that could uh, get to the top with what they have coming back. And then, of course, the Snyder Panthers, who nobody is really talking about in terms of their potential this year, largely because they graduated about 35 kids last year. So when you look at their roster, there's not a lot of familiar names. But Snyder is Snyder. They will reload. They will be fine. So I expect Snyder to be in that conversation as well, DC. But uh, is there anything out there, DC, that you are kind of uh, kind of looking at, kind of excited for? Maybe not just week one, but also finally getting the season started. I'm sure you know where I'm going. Um, and I, th- I think you kind of threw that softball out there. The one team I'm watching the SAC this year, yes, everyone's already talking about Dwinger. Everyone's talking about Carroll, Homestead, as usual. But the team I want to focus on, Northside Legends. Oh, okay. That's where I'm going. Um, buying I'm buying the hype? Them. I'm buying the hype. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're going to win the SAC, but, I mean, they've been not, they've done nothing but improve since yeah. Brevard has taken over. No doubt. Every single year, significant improvement. What I've seen last year, not to mention Deuce Taylor didn't even play the whole year. Right. Imagine a full season of Deuce Taylor like we hopefully we'll get this year. And if we do, 
Watch out for those Northside legends. Watch he out. has a lot to prove. Chip on his shoulder. He's the leader of that team. Um, there's just a lot of other guys, a lot of returning guys. I mean, the guys that were there, and th- Brevard said this feels like, this finally feels like his team. Sure. You know, this feels like a lot of the guys when he took over are now seniors, juniors. So I'm expecting a huge year. This is my team to watch. Every year, there's a new team that I would pick to watch in the SAC. And this year for me, it's the Northside Legends. And they come out week one and can prove that they belong in the conversation taking on Snyder. Yeah, they may have a lot of unfamiliar players out on the field tomorrow night, but it's still the Snyder Panthers. And DC, you mentioned it with Northside. This is Mike Brevard's fourth year, so these seniors were freshmen when he came in. And and Deuce Taylor is a phenomenal quarterback, can make all the plays. But the key for Northside this season is going to be that offensive line for play and a little bit on the defensive front as well if they can't protect deuce taylor and allow him to make plays in the pocket and flush outside and create on his own then it doesn't matter what kind of skill position players they have or how good deuce taylor is part of the impressiveness of deuce last year was the fact that he could escape pressure but he was doing that almost every single play. Mm-hmm. And he was doing more of that last Friday against Bishop Lures in the scrimmage. Don't like to take out too many things out of the scrimmage. But that's one thing that stood out to me is Deuce is still running all over the place trying to escape pressure. So Northside needs to figure out a way how to protect him. But I do think Northside is a team to watch in the SAC. They improved vastly from a year ago, even over the course of the season. Got shut out week two against Bishop DeWanger, 36 to nothing, and then came back and played the Saints tough in the sectional in a 13-point loss. But the problem for North is, once again, they start out with Snyder, mm-hmm. Dwanger, Carroll. Right out of the gate. All, all three teams shut them out last year. And Coach Mike Brevard said, we lost about 12 guys over the course of those three weeks because the kids just gave up. Okay, Northside's going to stink again. And then they ended up, you know, four wins last year. So they rebounded pretty well. But uh, that's a tough three games out of the gate could arguably the top be the top three teams in the sac you never know so uh i think another team to watch is concordia and i know that concordia fans always enter the season thinking maybe we can win the sac they've never won the conference let me tell you something about concordia even in 2016 when they were so good and rolled to the state championship they lost twice in the regular season to Homestead and then got housed by 20 mm-hmm. at Snyder. And that was arguably the best Concordia football team in the program's history. So you are going to be, have to be very, 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 very good if you're Concordia to win an SAC championship. Well, good thing for them. I know they're going to be strong defensively. Yes. I know they got three guys. I know two guys, Sam Hudson and Cam Johnson, yeah. are back You know, as veterans on that team. And that's going to be their strong point is their defense. And that's obviously going to go a long way to compete in SAC games. Yeah, I talked to somebody who saw them last week. I think they scrimmaged East Noble. And I was told their defense is phenomenal, mm. incredible. Like, if, if they can avoid turnovers offensively and make some plays, they can compete for a 3A state championship. So, a lot to like there. At D.C., I think in terms of top-to-bottom competition-wise, I think the Northeast State has it all. You look at East Noble coming back, obviously got down to the 4A state championship game a year ago. Bailey Parker is gone, but there's still plenty of talent coming back. But I think Leo takes a step up. They were pretty young last year, and, and they were none too shabby last year. They're 
only two losses came to East Noble, once in the regular season, one in the sectional championship game. I think New Haven uh, jumps up there. Jakar Williams, the junior quarterback, is ready to break out. Uh, you put Columbia City in that discussion. You had DeKalb that won eight games a year ago. You look at Norwell bringing back everything that they bring back. I feel they could be this year's DeKalb and making a jump. Huntington North should be better in their second year under Coach Prescott, who's turned programs around previous. I think the only one you're looking at is, is maybe uh, will struggle is Belmont. Mm-hmm. who will not play their first two games of the season because of COVID-related issues mm-hmm. in Decatur and Adams County. Who knows if and when Belmont even gets on the field at this point. So uh, Northeast State, top to bottom, one to six, one to seven, I think could be as competitive uh, as any around, D.C. Yeah, I think East Noble comes in as a favorite still. I mean, you still got Marcellus, who didn't yeah. lose him in the state game. He did. He went down uh, in the state game. Justin Marcellus got an injury, but yard, he's back. Thousand-yard rush. Yep, he's back. He's uh, back. I think uh, the teams to watch, though, I got Leo and Columbia City as okay. my team. Two teams, Greg Bold, obviously, uh, with Columbia City. That's what I'm going to be watching, the quarterback position. Yep. And uh, you also got Barber. Jackson Barber. Jackson Barber. You got to watch him. Yeah. And I've been picking them the last couple of years. I think this may be my chance. I'm going to go. This. I'm going to go one more time. That's my number one. Team I like to watch. it. You know, Leo at some points in the season last year had eight sophomores go out in the Leo line. <laughs> go. Uh, eight sophomores on defense. Uh, on the field at any one time. I mean, it was a very young defense, and it held East Noble to just 14 points in the sectional championship game a year ago. So Leo grows up. They lose Peyton Wall, who is a, a do-everything type guy for them, mm-hmm. but a lot coming back for Leo. Landon Livingston in that front line is just big and strong and tough and will be able to compete with East Noble in the trenches. So I would put East Noble and Leo maybe a cut above everybody else in the Northeast 8, but there's a lot of uh, contending teams in that conference for sure. One of those teams, Columbia City. They take on Cherubusco tomorrow under the lights at the new Columbia City High School just outside Columbia City. We're going to talk to Columbia City coach Brett Fox all about that and more when we come back. You're listening to the High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.7 FM. Here's more from the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. And in a big shock, DC, they let us come back after the break. Must have been a hell of a good segment. Yeah, you're still adjusting to our change as well. I was so focused on saying 1380 the fan going into the break that I had written down 100.7 instead of 100.9 FM. So my bad. I got the important part right and then uh, screwed up the FM part. Whatever. It's all good. It's okay. It's week one. Hopefully we got many more weeks of of Coach's show coming up. But uh, we'll take them, I guess, a week at a time, almost a day at a time at this point. But week one tomorrow night action-packed all throughout the state of indiana the game that uh, espn excuse me i did it 1380 the fan will be at tomorrow is out at columbia city where it'll be cherubusco columbia city this is really going down at what time is it 618 618 i got another 42 minutes to fill this is rough dc but uh yeah the biggest game coming up uh tomorrow night in the area in our opinion cherubusco and columbia city and you can hear that uh Beginning at 7 o'clock on 1380, the fan head coach of the Columbia City Eagles is Brett Fox. Joins us right now. Brett, how are you doing? 
I'm doing great. It sounds like I'm doing a lot better than you are on yeah, the air right now. Yeah, it's a struggle, dude. It's like I shake off the rust, man. That's right. Or maybe I just have no talent. That's a definite possibility. (laughs) Well, hey, you said it, not me. (laughs) But you will agree to it it for sure. But, uh, hey, man, it's it's week one. We get to play some football tomorrow, and and none of us really knew if we'd get to this point. But the the excitement is palpable at this point. We're going to play some meaningful football tomorrow. Yeah, I'm really excited and then just pumped. Um, It really takes me back to um, I wrote. Uh, personal letters to a lot of my guys back in April and mailed them to them. And I said, guys, like, we are still preparing because we will be back together. We will be playing um, and just be faithful in that. And it's uh, it's it's awesome to, to see that happening right now. Coach, let's look at your squad and, and what you have returning. I know there's a lot of excitement uh, with Greg Bold at quarterback. I think the, the key offensively could be that offensive line that returns a lot of experience as well. So you have to feel good about that side of the football. Yeah, yeah. We return a lot on the offense, and we honestly return a lot on defense. But, but the offense has got us excited because some of those offensive linemen that they got some good experience and, and went through a lot of growing pains as sophomores last year on the offensive line. You know, have worked hard um, and kind of just developed their own uh, their own mentality. Um, you know, we call them big fat hog mollies, and they're getting after it, and and we absolutely love it. And and you know, I think they're going to open up some holes for uh, Abe Barrera, running back. Yeah, Abe, a guy who didn't start for you till week six and ended up being your leading rusher a season ago. What kind of attributes does he bring to that offensive backfield? He's just a slippery, slippery guy. I mean, he gets through there, and, he, and he's got breakaway speed, and, and he's got, uh, you know, some killer cuts, and his hips constantly move. Um, and so it's hard to tell where he's going or what he's planning. I half the time don't even know where the heck he's going and uh, don't see the field like, like he does. And it's, it's fun to watch him in practice, and, and uh, so I think it's going to be fun to watch him um, this season. You bring back uh, your leading rusher. You also bring back one of your leading receivers from a year ago in T.J. Bedwell, a kid who's phenomenal on both sides of the football. Yeah, T.J. is, is a great kid. He's, he's learning how to be a leader um, and stepping up and challenging in that. Um, and it's fun to watch that. And, and, you know, like you said, he's, you know, one of our leading receivers. He had 36 receptions last year, and I think he's looking to take a bigger role this year um, with that. Um, and... You know, just setting the tone on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, being a, a all-conference player on defense to, to, to go along with what he does on the offensive side. Um, he's just a, a great player for us. We mentioned Greg Bolt and has been a starter since he was a freshman, now a junior. Uh, next step in his development, what do you want to see out of him this year? What is he capable of accomplishing? Well, I think I just want to see him just take uh, take control on the field, you know. And 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 what I mean by that is he, he can no longer make those those sophomore mistakes, um, you know, and and really those freshman mistakes, you know. And and uh, got to take less sacks, um, you know. I think uh, several times he's taken sacks, and 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 he's got to get rid of the football. And I think part of that is just knowing um, where to attack and and what to do with it, and and just being more comfortable within the offense. Coach Brett Fox, Columbia City Eagles, joining us on the line here on the High School Coaches Show. And, and Coach, it may not be a packed house tomorrow, but you will have some fans in attendance at the new stadium, correct? 
That is correct. Yeah, we're allowing, uh, you know, Cherubusco will have 150 on their side. Um, we uh, allowed each one of our varsity players to have four tickets. Um, each one of our cheerleading varsity cheerleaders, four tickets. Uh, and each one of our band members, uh, four tickets. Um, and then uh, our AD, I thought, made a wonderful choice. Sorry to our community members, but I, I thought he made a wonderful choice in supplying the rest of the tickets um, in a lottery to our, uh, to our student body. Um, you know, we felt like um, athletics um, and the high school level is, is, is a high school experience and an experience for those, those kids that are in high school, and, and we wanted to give that to the fans. Um, and and the the friends and and fellow students um, to make a, a large uh, student section for us um, and just be crazy. So I know they were excited, you know, seeing us. This is our first day in school today, and and seeing them come down to Mr. Leach's office to buy those tickets. And I was making sure that they understood what it meant to to get a ticket and what was expected of them uh, in the crowd tomorrow night. Yeah, day one at the uh, the new campus. How did it go today? Oh my gosh, it was smooth. The place is gorgeous. It's it's beautiful. It's a blessing. It's you know, if if you haven't had a chance as as a member of the nearby community, Fort Wayne or anywhere else, to come by and see what we have, it, it's just gorgeous. I was, I I didn't really get a chance to go through a lot of the academic wings over the last couple of weeks with me teaching PE, but I was up there today going down our main staircase and. It just it overlooks our football field, and so I just pulled a chair over there and just sat. And I'm, I'm just in disbelief where we're at. Um, it's 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 an amazing blessing from our community, and and we're very thankful for it. Coach, when you look at what uh, New Digs can do for a program, when you look at your new stadium and new locker room and all, and all that stuff, I mean, what kind of boost does that give a program? I think it gives us a huge boost. Um, you know, I think it gives us, um, you know, something to be prideful in. Not that um, it, it, it's surprising. Columbia City is an interesting place. We're very prideful of, of the old school, and, and, and there's some, just because a lot of people have gone through there and, and been a part of there, but I think this new school, um, I think the kids just really loved it, um, and they love it, and you're seeing it within our program. Um, ninth through 12th grade, we have, we have 99 kids out. Um, and so, you know, having 99 kids out when I first started, um, you know, this program and, you know, 9 through 12, we had, you know, barely 50 kids. I think it, it speaks a lot to, to, to what we're doing as a program and what we're doing as a, as a school, too, and, and building facilities that the kids can be proud in and that, that we can uh, just just enjoy. Coach, you play a team tomorrow in Cherubusco that's barely 20 minutes away, yet uh, it, it's... It's not a. Uh, it, it is a definite rarity to play, and, so, and I think it, it may very well be the first Cherubusco at Columbia City game ever. I know you know, some iterations of the high schools may have played back in the day, but uh, why now? Why did it take so long? Well, you know, and I I was under the impression that they had never done that, and then reading you know some things recently, apparently some before uh columbia city was all together in in what they call columbia city joint high school back in 1903 which would have been our first year of football i believe here at columbia city apparently we played cherubusco and ended in a fist fight so i mean i think that kind of describes uh you know they didn't even finish the game it just ended in a fist fight and and you know it's something that that's kind of crazy with that and and you kind of look at that, and and you can kind of say, well, hey, this is probably why they haven't played um, 
and just kind of why now? I mean, we we had played Warsaw and, and Whitco week one and week two uh, traditionally for a while, and we lost Whitco because of um, them needing to, to play a team from the other side of the conference um, and the conference that they're at, and, and Warsaw uh, didn't want to play us anymore. Um, and so we, you know, you lose a huge gate in Whitco because of the county school, and so we reach out to, to Paul and, and, um, you know, at the same time, it's it weird, the same time we're reaching out to Paul, seeing if he's interested, um, Prairie Heights had contacted Whitco already and asked them to play week one. Um, and Whitco had, had, had kind of agreed to that. Um, and so it kind of just set up perfect. And, and we thought it was a perfect storm to, hey, let's uh, go ahead and, and open up our new stadium playing Chair Busco. And, you know, under the impression that, man, this is going to be, a huge game, a huge gate. Um, you know, I know we already mentioned the fans we have. You know, I totally expect uh, <laughs> to have more people outside the gates uh, staring at this than than what we're going to have inside the gates <laughs> because uh, you know everybody's going to want to want to have a piece of this and 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 want to see it. And um, no, I can't get you a ticket. And you know, <laughs> despite everybody, the amount of emails I've gotten this week is ridiculous. I didn't know everybody had access to my email address. <laughs> uh, Coach, when you look at playing Cherubusco, and, you know, they lose guys like Sam Wood and Jake Falk and Gage Kelly, but when you play Busco, you're really coaching and playing against the scheme, not necessarily personnel. So what do we know uh, about Cherubusco, despite some new faces in new places for them, uh, and what you guys need to be aware of? Yeah, I mean, these kids at Cherubusco have been running this stuff since they were in, you know, fourth grade. I mean, it's something similar to what I grew up with at, at Eastbrook, and 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 they do it very well. Um, and so for them, it's not a question of rebuilding. Instead, it's a, a question of, uh, okay, like, this is how we're going to reload. Um, and they have a lot of talent, um, you know, the, the young talent, and they're going to be good for several years. Um, their, their nose and guard Hunter Bianski, you know, being an all-state player, I mean, how many people can say that, you know, they can say all they want, hey, we're rebuilding, we're rebuilding, you know, it's going to be a down year. They can write an article in our local paper about how young they are, but when you're bringing back an all-state, you know, junior to be defensive lineman, I don't think you're necessarily rebuilding. So, um, you know, we've been letting our players know that and making sure that they're focused and that they're, uh, they're ready to go because, I mean, they offer a ton of athleticism and, and a lot of, uh, uh, they're just aggressive. They're in your face, aggressive, um, with everything that they do. As exciting of, a, of an atmosphere as we'll have anywhere around coming up tomorrow night at the new Columbia City High School Digs. Yeah, we appreciate you coming out and thank you so much for having me on. And, and, uh, hey, you got probably about 30 minutes left. You can do it. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thanks for the pep talk. All right, take care. How's Coach Brett Fox, Columbia City Eagles, trying to give me some uh, moral support as we try to make it through the uh, week one edition of the High School Coaches Show here in 2020. We're going to take a break, come back. Coach Jason Garrett, Bishop Dwanger Saints, will join us. His team takes on the Wayne Generals tomorrow night at Shields Field. We'll talk all about that and more. Grant Mosher, South Adams, also coming before the top of the hour. You're listening to the High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now back to the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. 
Welcome back to the High School Coaches Show right here on 1380. The fan here till 7 o'clock talking week one of the Indiana High School football season. And, D.C., we're going to play a game this year where the first coach that we cannot get a hold of for an interview will face uh, repercussions. We'll say that. It was almost Jason Garrett, but he called us back, saved it, uh, and he joins us on the line right now. Coach Garrett, how are you? I apologize, guys. <laughs> You're all right. You got more important things to deal with, you know, getting your football team ready to play a football game. So, yeah, right. uh, Coach, when you look back and you go 11-2 and two a year ago and your winning percentage drops, I would say you've had a pretty good start through your first two seasons at Bishop Dwenger as head coach. But uh, take us through last year. You'll fall short against Valpo uh, late in the postseason, but another really, really successful year for the Saints. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, uh, myself and the coaching staff take absolutely no credit. I mean, we just <laughs> blessed with great kids. We try not to mess it up. Let's, let's just get that first out there. Uh, yeah, last year, uh, you know, coming off the state championship and uh, another great group of kids, uh, you know, going into the 5A, that was uncharted territory, and uh, found ourselves with an opportunity there at the end. Um you know, we look back at the SAC, close game with Homestead, went down to the end, and then uh, get in the Valpo game. And, you know, as every coach would tell you, you know, you never make uh, injuries and other things, excuses. We had a lot of guys banged up. It was a, it was a rough road. And, uh, you know, we still had a chance there at the end and, and, and fell shy. And it was a great Valpo team. We, you know, we tipped our hat to them for sure. And, you know, we're already talking about, you know, lessons learned from last season and, and uh, you know, how to make another run for sure. Coach, we spoke yesterday at length about a couple things and something that stood out to me. And you talk about so many kids that are putting in work in the offseason and how guys come in and they buy into the Dwenger way. And it's just that Dwenger culture. And we hear so many coaches when they take over programs, we got to build the culture. we got to build the culture. It's already there at Bishop Dwenger. It's, it's some of the toughest things that coaches in different places have to do in terms of their goals for a program. Yet it's there at Bishop Dwinger. How big is that for you? Oh, it's huge. And, uh, you know, I, I think as we talked last night, my, my biggest challenge is to not mess it up, you know, and I, and I mean that <laughs> with all my heart. <laughs> it's, we got great kids. Uh, the culture is as it is. You know, we got, you know, a lot of the, the players, their dads played at Dwinger. You know, there's a great alumni support. Um, the traditions of, of just how you go about the game, who you are as a Dwinger football player. And, you know, as a coaching staff are, you know, like I said, we're just trying to make sure we uphold all of that uh, and not get in the way of it. And uh, it's a great blessing. You know, there's a lot of guys that could, you know, be uh, be coaching at Bishop Dwinger and, and have great records and really have nothing to do with all, any of the success because <laughs> you just got great kids. Uh, they they want to play football. They've been dreaming of it for years. And um, so – you know, it's just another year where we feel like we're we've we've reloaded and another great round of kids, another great senior leadership group, and uh, we're looking forward to it. Coach, on the eve of kicking off the season, do you feel, despite everything that's gone on, abbreviated spring and hardly any summer, do you feel prepared going into tomorrow night, or are there still just a myriad of things going through your head? Uh, that's a great question. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if you ever feel totally prepared. You know, I think. In terms of an area where I think we're, we're behind, if there's an area in particular, would be just, you know, knowing where our depth chart is, um, you know, where some of those younger guys are, where, you know, sometimes when you're working through things in June, 
uh, you know, and through the late spring, you, you start getting an idea where guys are going to be and what position is going to be best suited for them. And, you know, I don't know that we're behind, um, but it's certainly an area that, you know, we're, we're trying to develop quickly here. You know, we know we've got a junior varsity game on Monday. And so, you know, those are the younger guys. And I guess that's an area, you know, as a coach and, and for our coaching staff, it's just vital that you have development. You want those guys to feel a part of it. You want to keep them involved. You want to give them opportunities in games when you're able. And and so that's just an area. Uh, other than that, I feel like we're caught up in terms of football conditioning. I feel like the guys are, uh, in some ways, you could almost argue they're more hungry than they've ever been because of the uncertainty that we've all been through and the you know things that they've kind of lost in terms of their locker room and, you know, hanging out in the building and doing video meetings and, you know, huddle meetings and other things. So, uh, you know, I just think it's that depth chart, you know, and, and um, being secure and all that. But otherwise, uh, I feel really good with where we are. Our guys worked their tails off when we weren't able to be together and very proud of them. Coach Jason Garrett, Bishop Dwinger Saints, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. And, Coach, we talked a little bit about Brendan Lytle last night, a 2,000-yard passing season last year. He made some big plays for you as a sophomore in that state championship run. Uh, The trio of Tippmans in that backfield, three of probably two dozen on the roster, Devin, Louie, and KJ would be big for you. (laughs) But uh, that offense, you, you mentioned last night, maybe have some added looks here and there, two new coordinators, offensive and defensive. But uh, give us a little taste on, on Bishop DeWanger in terms of offensive with, with such an experienced guy back there, a quarterback, and some weapons for you. Oh, you can't say enough about, a, a, you know, returning a, a two-year starter as a senior. You're going into his third year and, you know, having been to every game he could possibly play with the exception of one. I mean, that, that says a lot, you know. And so, you know, he was named as a team captain. That tells you a lot. Uh, he's just taking command of the huddle in, in a much greater way this season, uh, realizing it's his senior year and realizing the role that he needs to play now and, and even more of a leadership role. So, uh, you know, bringing in the new offense, Coach Dixon and the staff can't say enough about what, what they're bringing to the table. Uh, I just think it, it builds upon, uh, you know, the, the power running game. Uh, I think we've, we're much better in our play action passing. We've got some options, you know, screens. We can, we can spread it out. We we can load it. We can go heavy. There, there's just a lot of variables, and we can utilize a lot of different personnel, which we like to do uh, in developing kids. You know, and and knowing that if you're blessed to go on a deep run, you know you're going to have you know guys that are going to get banged up, and you got to have depth. So um, I feel like we've got a, a lot of diversity on offense. I feel like we you know our guys have embraced the new offense. They picked it up really quickly. Coach Dixon did a great job keeping it simple and. And uh, so it's exciting. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's going to look very similar. I mean, it's Bishop doing our offense. We want to run the ball. But when, the, you know, things start loading up in the box, uh, I think we've got some, some other options that we may not have had in the past. And uh, so looking forward to seeing how it all rolls out. Coach, if there was a, a single coach that I would not want to play with zero film to study, it would be Sherwood <laughs> Haydock tomorrow night. Uh, you take on the Wayne yeah. Generals, and, and who Amen. knows what he's going to throw at you. But uh, Amen. <laughs> what to prepare for? What do you expect tomorrow night? Uh, well, we expect anything and everything. I'll, I'll put it on. You know, so yeah, we we've uh, we've prepared what what we uh, you know what we anticipate, and, and we also know that. Uh, you know, we may have to roll the plan B, and then Coach Dixon and Coach Nepper and I, you know, have talked. Uh, it, it, we may be at plan C, D, or E by the end of the first quarter. We'll see. Um, you know, 
when you when you go into a situation, I think any time you know it's first second game of the season, there's always those things that you know it's going to take you a little while to kind of pick up on and make your adjustments. I think we've been always able to do that, um, but yeah, being prepared. So uh, you know we've got we've got alternate plans ready to go, and uh, yeah, we're we're expecting anything and everything, and I'm looking forward to, to coaching with him. Uh, I've never personally met him. So uh, I've heard great things about him, and uh, I'm looking forward to meeting him tomorrow night, and we'll, we'll see. It should be a great game. Coach, a year ago, the first game at Shields Field had 1,000 in attendance. Tomorrow night, there will be nobody. How will it be different, and how do you approach the unique circumstances that we'll have at least through the first two weeks in Fort Wayne? Well, uh, thanks be to God we had our scrimmage there Saturday because it took away a lot of that awkwardness, I'll be honest. Uh, you know, for us as coaches, you're – you know, we're excited. We still get the goosebumps and we still get the, you know, the Friday night jitters. And, you know, that's part of the reason why we do it. You know, that, that little 18, 17, 18 year old comes back out. But, you know, you, you hurt for the kids. And, uh, you know, we kind of went through that uh, Saturday, you know, to kind of have the awkwardness and the, the eerie silence, you know, <laughs> when you're uh, trying to get your you know, your troops ready for a special team or something. You don't have to yell quite as loud. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody's right there. And uh, so, uh, it, you know, I think help it, that helped a lot to be at home Saturday with our scrimmage. And, and you know, and obviously it's going to be, it's going to be unique tomorrow night as well. Um, so the guys are, are as prepared uh, for the opportunity. And uh, at the end of the day, it's football. And when things start rolling, uh, you know, Hopefully they'll be united and they're going to have a lot of fun out there and, uh, you know, get home and, and get with family and friends and, and enjoy uh, talking about how the game went. Coach, I appreciate the time. Thanks for putting up uh, with back-to-back days of myself on the other line. <laughs> I'll cut you some slack and I'll leave you alone tomorrow so you can focus on the yeah. generals. Yeah, just that excuse tardy. I'll take an excuse tardy tonight. <laughs> thanks, guys. Always great to be with you. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Thanks, sir. Yep, take care. That was Coach Jason Garrett, Bishop DeWanger Saints, joining us. His team will uh, host the Wayne Generals tomorrow night, 7 o'clock kickoff at Shields Field. Once again, no fans allowed in the SAC through the first two weeks. Hopefully, we will have some uh, parents and guardians allowed in weeks three and four. At this point, the prospects are to maybe have a quote-unquote normal football game with the crowd in attendance in week five so hopefully we get there but the first two weeks especially will be a little awkward in the sac we're going to take a break come back coach grant Mosier, south adams starfires will help us wrap up this first week edition of the high school coaches show in 2020 here on 1380 the fan and 100.9 fm Here's more from the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Welcome back for the final time here on the week one edition of the High School Coaches Show. And let's just talk about D.C. Hendricks. I mean, I'm hearing him on the commercials now. He's all over the place. He's killing it. So, uh. DC, keep doing what you do. He's here in the studio producing here for the first show of the year. Hopefully he comes back for week two. What do you think, DC? Will you be back? As long as you can say 1380 The Fan as our new tagline. Boy, did it once. 100.9 FM. Yes. Well, 100.7 FM is the one I said on accident. You can turn it to 100.7, but you probably won't hear anything. But, uh, yeah. I got I got the uh, the rust off, shook the rust off, and, and uh, now I'm ready. So, 
Teams throughout the area tomorrow night will be shaking the rust off for week one of the high school football season. A team that's eager to get back on the football field are the South Adams Starfires after how the season ended a year ago. Head coach of the Starfires is Grant Mosier. He's on the phone with us right now. Coach, what's happening? How you doing, Mr. Kenny? Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure, sir. And uh, how have things looked out in Burn, Indiana? Well, everything's always beautiful in Burn, Indiana, Kenny. There's always a perfect sunset and everything else. Everything is always uh, perfect. But like you kind of said there, we've been eager uh, for about eight months now since uh, November. We have a bad, we've had a bad taste in our mouth. Um, going 12-0 last year, winning those 12 games by about an average of 30 points, and then getting knocked off in the regional by our rivals. So we've, I've had a bad taste, our coaching staff, definitely our seniors, um, and our entire program. So we've been very eager to get to week one here, and we're, we're jacked this finally here. You know, funny side story on that was after that game. You know, we have a, a little group text going with with you, me, and, and Dan Vance, and, and Fox, and uh, and Kunks. And yeah. I didn't want to be the first person to say anything in that group chat. I was going to uh, wait. I didn't know how Grant Mosier. I, I waited for Kunkel, Kunkel to say something. I don't know if it was a day or two days or whatever. But I was like, I'm not going to be the first one that messes. It wouldn't even be about football or anything. I just was not going to be the first one. That was a long bus ride home from Monroe, I'll tell you what. But it was, again, hopefully a learning experience for us. I've never seen our kids driven so much. And I think it's, it's hard to say this, but I really do believe that's a good thing right now. These kids needed that. Um, go, coming into this year, these, this, these incoming seniors needed. Uh, and now going forward with that, we know that we can be at any time. That's good for us. It's good for our, good for, uh, for our mentality to know that anything can be just not prepared and we're overconfident at all. We'll get knocked off. And, Coach, I think something that helped you, too, was the scrimmage last week. Talk a little bit about uh, uh, scheduling Eastbrook, who is one of the perennial powers in 2A in central Indiana. Sure, Eastbrook's kind of the program where we want to be. Um, they've been to state in 2A three of the last four years. They beat us in regional in 2016 in 2A. Um, so we, we're normally scrimmage Blackford. Um, they had some low numbers this year, so we kind of I, I talked to their coach a little bit and said, hey, Eastbrook was open and Union City was open and said, hey, how do you feel about maybe – you guys want to play Union City, and we'll go play Eastbrook. And he was fine with that, and Coach Adams Eastbrook was fine with that. So, I mean, a great opportunity for us to get a play. Like you said, one of the great, one of the great programs in the in the area and about the state. Um, so it was good for again for our confidence coming off that. We're still we still have some some players that think we're pretty good, better than we are. So we got punched in the mouth a little bit. That was good for us. They they have an incredible defense. Coach Adams said this is probably the best defense they've had Eastbrook and. In about a decade, they've been state through the last four years, so that was really good for our offense, having to work uh, through some through some uh, difficult situations again to, to get through that and see how our leadership respond to some of those tough situations. So our goal all offseason has been to get these kids in tough situations where they see how they respond, who picks up, and who steps up, and who leads. Um, so that was really good for us. Now, we got a little beat up, which, again, we're fine, I think, now on Thursday, but that's a, that was a scrimmage that I thought we, we could really uh, get a lot from, and I told the guys it's probably the best team you'll see uh, all year. Coach Grant Mosier, South Adams Starfires, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. And, you know, Coach, you guys lost some production to to graduation but bring back a lot. And you told me, you know, a, a week or so ago, hey, this offense could be better than it was a year ago. And it was an amazing and prolific offense last year. So uh, dissect that statement down for us and, and what you see that could make this offense even better than a year ago. Absolutely. Like you said, we had a prolific offense last year. They're, they're fun to watch. They're fun to coach. They're fun to be a to be around them. Uh, it all starts with James Arnold, four-year starting quarterback, 43 touchdowns last year, um, one all-state quarterback. Um, and then he brings back his top six targets this year with, with Trey Shock, Juice Stutzman, uh, Brayden Bixler, Nick Miller, all-state. 
um, Christian Somerset, and, uh, and, and so those six guys are all back. And then James told me the other day, I think this is the best O-line he's had in his four years starting um, with, with uh, Carter Lewis back for his third year, Brian Hernandez back for his fourth year. Um, we have Jake Platner moved there, there from a running from fullback. We have Sam Platner's brother playing center for us, um, and, and uh, Braden Gilbert, the center on the basketball team. So he, he James thinks it's the best all line he's had. So we're excited about our offense. Now we we can obviously we saw Saturday we can be stagnant at times if if uh, things aren't clicking. So hopefully that's going to be fixed tomorrow night. The the question marks more of our defense. Some of the linebackers we lost Grady Sparner, probably one of the best linebackers we've had um, in a long time here. Our middle linebacker we've moved. Uh, we moved Christian Somerset and Jake Platner inside now. Um, so they're both playing inside backers along with, along with Dom Kahn. And they're doing a great job so far, uh, Somerset being one of our captains. We do bring back, luckily, Nick Miller on the D-line and bring back Austin Gorney, both four-year starters. Um, they have some awesome experience in our, in our, uh, in our secondary with uh, Stutzman and, and Bixler and, uh, and uh, Alex Gorney. So that's kind of the question mark, though, is our linebacker spot right now. Coach, you open up the season tomorrow night at home against Winchester, a, a team that's traditionally pretty solid, had a uh, couple down years the last couple years. And then week two, you travel to Lewis Cass and, and a late add to the schedule that will be a definite challenge for you, a two-way power in central Indiana. So uh, the first two weeks of the season, what do you need to see from your team? Yeah, I'm very excited about that, that week two matchup. But again, we like like we've talked about, we, we know now that you can't look past anybody. So we've really spent a lot of time dissecting Winchester. I think they have a very good quarterback. They have a three-year starter quarterback. Um, he's a very good runner, and this is probably the best he's passed the ball in his career so far, too. He's only a junior. Um, so they, I think they have some skill guys, honestly, to speed that can match up with us a little bit. Um, I think we have a little bit uh, better experience at the line position, but uh, if we don't show up, they'll definitely hang with us in skill positions. And I said, we got to stop that quarterback. Um, and week two, we're very excited about going to Cass, another traditional program, kind of similar to Eastbrook in 2A. Uh, with Belmont being out week two, we got a chance to pick up and go to Cass. It's going to be an awesome experience for our kids to play a program and a, and a coaching staff, uh, like the Mandarin's down there um, at Cass. Coach, always a pleasure, my man. Thanks for taking the time. And I, I only have three minutes here to make it through the end of the show without any further mistakes. You'll get it. I, I, I believe in you, man. You'll get it. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, as always. <laughs> All right, buddy. As Coach Grant Mosher, South Adams Starfire, is joining us, his team uh, will open up the season tomorrow night against Winchester, 7 o'clock kickoff in Burn, And uh, the South Adams Starfires and Adams Central Flying Jets, uh, the last couple years the ACAC has come down to those two teams. Expect it once again to do that this year, a six-team ACAC this year with Southern Wells bowing out out of varsity football competition, at least for this season, with a lack of numbers. They will play a JV schedule, however, and try to uh, bounce back and get back on the varsity field next year uh, down there with the Raiders and Southern Wells. So when you look at the ACAC, Adam Central, South Adams are the teams to watch. Bluffton could be there as well if they can make a jump under Coach uh, Brett Kunkel. Uh, Woodland looking to rebuild, Heritage looking to rebuild under Coach Kolkman, so uh, a lot of question marks otherwise from the top two or three teams in that conference. That's going to do it for us the first week of the football season. For D.C. Hendricks, I'm Justin Kenny. Thank you to Brett Fox from Columbia City, Jason Garrett from Bishop DeWanger, and Grant Mosier from South Adams for joining us. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you next Thursday. This has been the High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media. 
podcast by Federated Media.